Welcome to episode 69 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. Scott Sturman, Matt Deitch. Matt, how you doing? I am doing pretty good. Doing? We got, we got a warm up. Yeah, thank God. Great Finally. weather. Our extended forecast looks like it's supposed to be in the 60s, 70s. So, you know what that I'm means? I'm pumped. That means, uh, that means it's time to get fishing. It means that... The, everything's going to start biting because we had that massive cold front that came through and war- or cooled that water way back down. Now, once it starts warming up, I mean, a couple days of 60, 70 degree water or weather, that water is going to warm up in a hurry. And then, uh, ooh, I'm excited. It's about to go down. It is about to go down. And it's, you know, a little positivity for us all. Yeah, that's right. In a world full of negativity, here's a little positivity, positivity for there you. you. <laughs> the fish are about to start biting. You see, you get excited when you talk yeah, about it. A, you were getting excited and just couldn't get it out. That's all that was. That was just pure excitement. That's right. Nope. Uh, yeah, we got uh, Adam Bartusik on the show today. Um, before we interviewed Adam, he let us know that uh, um, his phone might uh, you know, lose some audio, uh, whatever. So if there is any cutouts, that's what's going on. It's not your headphones. It's not your radio in your car. It, it, it's the interview. So... Uh, Hopefully that doesn't happen, but uh, yeah, we're going to get over to Adam. And we are here today with Adam Bartusik. Uh, Adam, how you doing? Uh, doing great, doing great. It's Friday. Uh, it's getting warm out again, so life's good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. can't argue about that. It's nice that it's that we're getting some warmer weather again. How are uh, you? Still yeah. got quite a bit of ice up there, or is everything pretty well opened up? Um, so around me, I'm south of the metro. We've been uh, we've been ice feet free for probably two or three weeks now, I would guess. I don't know. Time's not really a real I lose track of what day of the week it is <laughs> yeah. what's going on all the time. So it might have been two or three weeks ago. I don't really know. Yep. But uh, I know there's still ice in northern Minnesota but and, you know, some northern Wisconsin. But around me, I mean, I can drive probably two, two and a half hours and not run into ice. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, Adam, you're from New Prague, Minnesota, correct? Yeah, so I'm from Lake. Uh, I live in Lakeville now. Okay. Is, uh, only like 20, 30 minutes from there. Okay, but you grew up in, in New Prague? Yeah, born and raised in New Prague. Okay. Well, uh, just, you know, I, I got a little something that I got to ask you about New Prague. Um, are, are you familiar with uh, Scott Mockentoon? Yeah, I know Scott. Yep. Okay. I've well, known Scott for a long time, actually. Yep. Well, Scott's one of our good buddies also, and... Uh, he, uh, he rode out to the Black Hills with us uh, over the ice season, and uh, we were out in the middle of South Dakota and uh, at a gas station, and this gas station uh, attendant asked us, you know, well, where are you guys from? And I said, well, we're from uh, northwest Iowa, just on the other side of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and uh, we're here with, uh, you know, our buddy Scott over there. He's from up by Minneapolis. Now, if I, yeah. if, if I uh, referred to where you grew up, up by Minneapolis, would you be offended by that? Yes. <laughs> you would. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Scott did not like that I said that he was <laughs> yeah. from up by Minneapolis, and I really thought that I could get back at him here by uh, having you say, no, you know, I, I live by Minneapolis, but apparently that does not go well for the guys o- over in New Prague. No, no. I think of, uh, if you're going to say by Minneapolis, I think that means like you're inside the 494, 694 corridor personally um when i tell people where we are i say right off of 35w or 
if you know where Valley Fair is, it's south of there, 30 minutes. Okay. So if you were to drive straight to the target field, how long would it take you? Uh, depends if I had traffic or not, but if I'm not hitting traffic, 40, 45 minutes. All right. Probably. All right. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. All right. Well, uh, you know, that, that kind of opened up our show, but normally uh, we open our show with a couple random questions. So, Adam, if, uh, if I brought you to a burger bar where you could make any burger you wanted, uh, had all the toppings you could possibly think of, what are you going to throw on your burger? Uh, it's going to have pepper jack cheese. It's going to have uh, some bacon. We're going to have a little bit of caramelized onions on them, jalapenos. And then a little bit of barbecue sauce and ranch. Oh, right, right on, on. right Sounds on. Like kind of pretty good burger. Yeah, something a little different. So uh, yeah, I like spicy food, so that kind of that's how I do it. And I love ranch, so yeah, I don't do either. So, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so Adam, uh, now now we'll finally get into some fishing. Uh, how did you get started fishing? Um, so I guess kind of for me, um, none of my family members really fish. Wit used to fish, and then my uncle had a cabin. And uh, my family, we'd, we'd go up to the cabin and stuff, but it was more of like you're swimming and boating and that type of stuff. Um, but that's basically where I fell in love with fishing, was off that dock on a paddle boat, um, canoe, kayak, whatever. Whatever I could get out in. Um so for me, that's really where it took off. And then as I got older, probably around 15 or 16 years old, we moved into actual town of New Craig because I grew up on a pig farm originally. Um, so we moved into the actual town, and then uh, I met Billy Bartusek, who's like, there's another, there's basically like two trees of Bartuseks in New Craig, and Billy's on the other side. And, uh, they tournament fish a ton over there. So I met Billy, and he took me out to Minneton. Basically, that's where I fell in love with bass fishing. And then uh, my neighbor, Aaron Dieterheiser, took me out to my first tournament, which was on uh, Lake O'Dowd in the South Metro. And that's where, like, I fell in love with, really fell in love with tourney fishing. And that's kind of basically it from there. Uh, like a 14-foot boat. And... Yeah, when you... uh. Uh, when you were growing up there at that cabin, what were you chasing? Were you chasing bass or just anything that bit or bluegills or? Um, we mainly chased panfish, you know, for fish fries and stuff. But like, I vividly remember every time I caught a largemouth or smallmouth bass. Like that was the highlight. Like I'd always bring with you know leeches or like a power tail worm or like I used to throw buzz baits as like spinner baits and I'd, you know think that like that would get me bass bites and whatever I catch a bass like that that was it you know that's where I was hyped nice. always hated bites so yeah I never liked them yeah I think most of us are kind of that way like Scott and I we like chasing bass and stuff and you just kind of remember that that first like blow up on a top water or that first time you really hook into one and it's just you know the fight of them and just everything about it yeah I actually um I recently in January got a tattoo and um uh, I have the waypoint of where, like, my first bass I remember catching is. Like, I bought, I was with my dad, I was throwing a leech on a bobber, and I remember, like, I could see it eat it. And, like, that's where, like, I just remember being like, this is so cool. 
<laughs> oh yeah. Now, now you do quite a few tournaments. Now, uh, what are some of the tournaments that you do? Um, I, I do a lot of tournaments. <laughs> so what I mainly do is, like this coming year, I'll be fishing the Minnesota Bass Nation Team Trail. Um, along with that, like the Minnetonka Classic, I've always fished the Blackfish Classic. Uh, anything big on Minnetonka, I'm, I'm normally there. And then uh, normally if there's a couple other big one-off events, I'll show up. I'm hoping in the next year to go fish a few bigger trails down south. Not necessarily the open yet, but go fish like the Alabama Bass Trail or something like that. Uh, just to get more experience down south and keep doing team tournaments as a learning way. Uh, I think it's more fun than kind of going and doing it on your own. And if you have someone who wants to do it with you, it, it works out pretty well. Right. Now, uh, when I was doing a little bit of reading last night on you, Adam, uh, I read that you did a lot of traveling and uh, a lot of different internships uh, through your college years. Uh, where did you all go, and did you get to do any fishing while you were out in these other places? Yeah. Uh, I Actually, I didn't do a lot of fishing on those trips. So when I did my internships in college, I actually kind of took a break in college from really diving into tournaments uh, just to focus on school, really. And I ended up going out. I went to Kent, Connecticut, which is uh, north of New York City, like two hours. Uh, actually a basketball counselor at a sleepaway summer camp there. Uh, I'm a huge basketball fan. Um, like one of my life goals is to win a state basketball tournament coaching so I love basketball uh and that that was an awesome summer up there i did a little bit of fishing because they were on a private lake that had absolutely gigantic bluegills in it um so that was pretty fun then another one was i stayed in the Brainerd lakes area for a summer if you count that kind of staying far away yep. um i i worked at a golf course there i worked at the classic at madden i was in the uh, pro shop one of the pros there basically as an intern uh also golf a lot love golf and then uh the other one was uh, key largo florida i worked at a private club ocean reef club on the way north end of the Keys. and that was as a like recreation programmer so i fished a little bit but i didn't really like salt water that much really kind of against what everybody else says but i just didn't <laughs> enjoy it Huh. Well, different strokes for different folks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that was super cool, though. I mean, I spent the whole summer, like, outside doing fun stuff, so I can't really complain about it. But that's kind of what I did for traveling. And I just used that as my experience to, like, go get more experiences in more places, network, meet people. And, you know, fishing was always going to be there for me. I just focused more on the business side of things, meeting people and that sort of stuff for those four, four and a half years. Absolutely. Do you think um, with your coaching, like how you, you said you want to be a basketball coach and all that stuff, do you kind of feel yourself approaching a lake and kind of using similarities between coaching and like fishing as far as like breaking down a lake as you would like breaking down a game film, uh, working on your skills kind of like you would with a practice? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, actually, I've never really thought of it that way, but that's a really good way to put it. Uh, I would give credit to that, to one of my high school basketball coaches, Tim Dipper, um, 
I'll, I'll basically forever say that Tim was one of the greatest uh, strategizers and game planners like I've ever seen. Um, we went, we took like fourth in state my junior year, beat the number one team in state in the semi or quarterfinals, and he and the number two team in state in the section finals. He was like, he's so good at picking the one thing that he knew he we could beat them at and just exposing it. Right. And he's so good at that. And that's where when I tournament fish or I attack a lake, like when I used to, or still, well, I didn't ice fish much this year, but probably will more now. But same thing either way. When I go to a lake, I figure out, like, the one thing I know I can go expose on it that I'm good at. And I feel like for me in tournaments, that's where I give myself the best chance to win and finish at a high level. Um, I know, like, going out on certain lakes, I'm not going to beat guys at the shallow dock game, but I might not get as many bites deep, but I can give them a run for their money. So I go about how to handle that part. How do, how do you do They're, under you stress? Know. Like, are, are you the type of guy that can go out there and just fish for five big bites, or are you the guy that that needs five small ones in the live well, and then, you know, then you'll focus on getting big bites. How do you, how do you attack that? Five bites. Five all, bites? All day. Yep. I don't, I don't need a lot of bites. I don't care. I'll go, uh, I'll just go catch a couple. Granted, I mean, getting a limit, like, in the first 30 minutes is awesome, but I, I don't really get too worried till like, 1.30 hits. I might hit panic mode, go start <laughs> doing stuff, but other than that, I don't, I don't really hit panic mode. What would you say your strengths as a fisherman are? Like, what what do you like to do when it comes to, like, a tournament situation? I know, like, the lake and the condition dictate some of that stuff, but, like, if you had it, what what is your go-to? Uh, I would say, and I think all my friends would say, too, um, I'm a very good worm fisherman. Uh, that's kind of generic, I guess, but... I, I'm very good jig worm fisherman. Um, I'm a very good drop shot fisherman. And I'm a very good, like, big, big worm. Like, down south, 10-inch, shaky hat. You know, that type of worm yeah. fishing. I just have a lot of confidence in a worm. I don't throw a lot of different brands. I just couple, couple colors. They work, and I catch them. Uh, so that's one thing I really look at. Just generally offshore. I don't mind being shallow, but... I don't like hitting for the most part. I'll fish in three feet if it's out in the middle of the lake. I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. something about being on the bank. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, most people that you talk to, you know, are, a lot of people are bank beaters. So, you know, it's kind of nice to have somebody that enjoys the offshore stuff. Yeah. And I love, like, those days when it's going, like, 15, 20, you're out in the middle of the lake just going up and down. Like, that doesn't bother me at all. I don't care one bit. And you also do quite a bit of ice fishing, correct? Uh, so used to do a lot more. This year, I actually did ice fish once. I was actually really busy, so I just didn't really get out. But uh, I used to ice fish a ton, correct? Okay. And uh, what are some of the bodies of water? Uh, you know, are you a walleye guy? Are you a panfish guy? What do you normally go after? I've never done it. Hold on. Say, Hold on. I think your phone's cutting out again. 
You there? Back now? Yeah, yep, we got you. Yep, we got you. Okay, sounds good. Um, where'd you lose me? Right, right out, right when you started your answer. Okay, so I have heard that I would really like lake trout fishing, but I've never done it. So that's one thing I really want to do. But uh, I giant bluegills. That's what I, I yeah. love chasing. Yep. Yeah, us too. Yeah, when it's not when it's not open water season, that's usually what we're after is big bluegills and the panfish and stuff. Yep. Yeah, and honest, hundred percent honesty, I lost a lot of my drive for ice fishing when uh, I caught a I caught a two pounder and uh, a bluegill, and basically that was like a life goal. So when I hit that, I was like, well, I'm kind of good now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I really need to go. Now you did a lot of filming uh, with Team Yukon Outdoors. Were you were you the were you the founder of Team Yukon Outdoors, or just a part of that, or how did that go? Um, so I was not the founder. One of my best friends, Brent Lopez, was. Um, he originally started that back. I think he was in high school, but he started it then with. If you know Sam Moore, Moore Media. Yep. So Sam and Brent started it. Eventually, Sam left to go pursue, and that's when Brent brought me on. Uh, my freshman year of college, he brought on me, uh, Sam Sobiek. You know Sobiek. Yep, you know? we've had and him then, on the show. Uh, Will Stolsky, okay, uh, and Andrew Osowski, a couple other guys. But that's where I got involved. I ended up being a at one point for a while when I was doing all the filming and videography and editing. Uh, that one winter is when I was. Uh, then work just got super busy, and I just kind of stepped back and let the other guys kind of take the reins. Right on. Right. Now, uh, now you've recently uh, started, I mean, very recently started Bartusik Media, and, uh, you know, obviously your experience came from uh, your time with Team Yukon Outdoors, like you just mentioned, but... Um, you know, before this, you had a job in the corporate world. Tell us a little bit about what you did and, and how that ended. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I, yeah, I recently am going out on my own, starting my own media business, and I'll be doing that. But before, I worked in the corporate world. I uh, graduated a job out of, or graduated out of Winona State with a double major and a minor. Ended up getting a corporate job at Citywide Maintenance. Um, they sell janitorial cleaning contracts. So, like, your office space, uh, medical facilities, all that sort of stuff we'd sell for them to be cleaned at night. Uh, and it, honestly, it was great. Love all my coworkers. Still really good friends with them. Um, literally no bad blood there. But when, when this COVID-19 virus hit, basically what happened is 80% of the workforce is working from home now. And with, you know, all that stuff going on, uh, and people not going back to their offices for probably a long time. Like, even when business starts back up, people aren't going to go back immediately. A lot of people are going to work remotely. Uh, we lost, you know, you lose a lot of your recurring revenue when that happens. So, obviously, sales is basically where they take away from because, like, we can't go make any sales. There's no one there. Right. We can't sell anything. The, the people that are really important are the operations people at that point in time to actually maintain the account. So, uh, you know, I'm one of the youngest people at the company. Um, I kind of figured if anything was going to happen, it would probably be me. So 
like I said, no bad blood or anything. Uh, I'm just taking it as a blessing in disguise because for uh, the probably the last year or two now, like Jay Siemens and uh, Sam Soviak have told me like every month, like, dude, you just need to go out and do your own thing. So when that happened, I talked to Jay probably, I don't know, an hour or two after I found out I was done and he just got on the phone with me and was basically like, well, you don't, we both know what you're going to do now. I was like, yeah, yeah, we both do. So that's kind of what ended up pushing it was basically I just got kicked off the cliff and they were like, there, go fly, go do it. (laughs) Yeah. No, yeah, you know, you, you got to have something, you know, if you're going to take that leap of faith, you got to have something that pushes you to do it, and, you know, I guess baptism by fire is one way to do it, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly, so that's kind of exactly what it was, is the excuse for me always was I got a good corporate job, I got a lot of flexibility with, well, well I, but, and, uh, you know, once you lose that, it's like, well, now I have a reason. Right. Yeah. Now, uh. What what's the goal with Bartusik Media? I mean, is it is it a YouTube channel? Is it uh, to to be a videographer by hire? What what's the plan? Uh, I mainly want to be a videographer by hire. Uh, even like media, or like I guess, it, for lack of a better term, an agent, um, and then social media management stuff like that, event planning. Uh, that was one of one of my majors in college was recreation tourism, and a lot of that hospitality industry is event planning. Uh, so that sort of stuff. I'm looking at more of like Jay and Sam Moore do all the production for companies. I like working with people. So my goal is I want to find an elite series angler like a Brandon Polinek. Uh For example, he has Kyle right now as his videographer. But I want to find an elite series angler or open angler, FLW tour guy uh, who wants a videographer to put out videos for him all the time. And that's what I want, you know, a quarter of my business to be basically is going and doing that for elite series guys and stuff like that. Because that's where I eventually want to be. And uh, there's no better place to go learn how to make the elite series than being with the elites all the time. And I really like telling stories of people. Uh, I, I definitely will work with companies, and I like making, you know, company material. But my true passion is, you know, telling individual stories uh, for people and just kind of how they travel and do that stuff. Yeah, those those are pretty cool. I watch the Brandon Polinick series on YouTube a lot, and it, it's just fun getting to know those guys like off the water, like you said, their story, like what it's like when they're on the road and traveling and all the different places that they go and just everything that goes into what we see eventually like on TV or something like that. Yeah, and I just, you know, I've told people as well that uh, I think there's so much more out there for those guys as well. Right. And they're kind of capped with the Elite Series not going on. That kind of makes it tough. But there's so much potential out there for what can happen that that's why I'm really looking into going that route. Absolutely. Yeah. Have, have you had any uh, potential people call you? You know, obviously you put out a Facebook post here uh, in the last week, and, I mean, it looked like you got quite a bit of good reaction out of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've had, I've had companies and a handful of people reach out, um, nothing really solidified yet because nobody can really 
do anything. Right. Uh, and, yeah, I'm just kind of talking to people. Honestly, right now I'm more focusing on building my portfolio and putting way more stuff out there. Uh, I'm working a lot with Chad Smith right now. Yep. Chad's basically one of my best him and I are going out, I'm getting content for him, and, you know, he's helping me get promotion because he knows. Yeah. Yeah, hold on. You cut out there again. You still there? Yep, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yep, yeah. yep. Sorry. Uh, so you and you're doing stuff for Chad. Uh, I mean, like, is he is he going to continue fishing the opens? Is that kind of like a goal? If I mean, obviously, if they start going again this year, or is it just kind of like to help his channel and everything like that grow? Uh, yeah, this is just helping Chad with all his media uh, sponsor relations, stuff like that, um, for the next month or so. I don't, I don't know what will end up happening, you know, when the Opens do start again. I know it's fun, he's going to be fishing them, right. but I don't know if I'll be traveling with him because, you know, at that point, like, I can't travel to an open event for free right. oh, yeah, as much right, as yeah. I want to and help a buddy out like it's expensive oh yeah there's no doubt about that are you strictly fishing Adam or would you dip into hunting or is that not really your thing so I personally don't hunt I don't like low key 100% never shot a gun I have nothing wrong with it I have a ton of friends who do it and I have helped build it uh, I think it's super cool and like I, I definitely go film it i have absolutely no problem with it i think i can definitely have a different eye for the way it's shot and really help out in yep. that regard but it's not like it's not something i'm gonna go out and do but i would love to help capture it because i think there's really awesome content and stories there yeah absolutely what do, what do you feel like like uh most I want to say average, just, you know, regular people that are trying to, like, film themselves fishing, uh, get all those, like, shots with their cameras and with the video stuff. What's the most common mistake you feel that they make? Uh, not taking enough time to do it. All right. I, yeah. Yeah. I'd have to say that's probably, <laughs> probably right. a good yeah. one. We actually, we had uh, Mike Olson of Fish Addictions on here a couple weeks ago. And uh, we talked to him, you know, about the struggles. Like, you know, me and Matt have brought along cameras sometimes. And, you know, we, we have every intention of videoing ourselves. But then you get on a hot bite and you kind of forget about the camera and you focus a little bit too much on fishing. And, yeah, it's it's definitely something that once the fish start biting, it's, it's easy to just forget about. Yeah, definitely. It's one when fish start biting, it's hard to remember to get all the shots. But, like, even when... You know, you do take one shot, like, take three or four of them. Because you might think that first one's good, and then you go look at it, and, like, half your head's crop. Yeah. Or yeah. you could have just done it a little better. And There's nothing wrong with having a couple extra takes, and honestly, getting that, you know, those extra pictures or extra film, like, all it is is more practice for you. So, but you know, you're just amplifying the how quickly you can get really good on camera and what you're doing. Right. Do you enjoy the... That's something we learned. Right. Do you enjoy the editing, or do you uh, strictly just... Do you do you enjoy the, the, uh, the videography better, you know, being behind the camera and don't like the, the editing as much, or do you, is, are they both good with you? 
I like both. Um, but say, actually, it's funny. Sam Sobiak and I were talking about this the other day. Uh, I, I love the editing part. Like, actually putting everything together and watching it come together is such a cool process. And I'm one of those people that, like, when I start an edit, like, I bury my head and it, I don't leave my computer till it's done. Really? Like, I'll sit there for 20 hours and just keep going. Because, like, I get on a roll and I just keep um, it's really hard for me to like hop in and out on it. Cause when the, the thoughts are going and you have an idea of how you want it to come out, like I don't even want to go eat and interrupt that flow. I just want to keep letting it go. Well, if you can't eat, then I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, what are a couple of your favorite YouTube channels? Um, I have a couple different favorite ones. I mean, obviously, I'm going to say Sam Soviet because I'm on there and I do a ton of Sam. But I would say Sam Soviet's probably one of the best storytellers out there. Sam's really good at laying out a story and showing that stuff. Um, another one is Jay Seaman. Jay is probably one of the best like at actually capturing shots and putting them into edits out there. Like Jay is super good at his job. Uh, he edited a lot of 39 hours and helped with what he's doing. Um, Sam Moore, Moore Media, is really, really good at certain edits as well. Uh, he just, he's got his own style. So, like, when you watch it, he's very unique. Uh, I guess another one I'll throw out that, like, really got me really at what he does. I'm probably going to catch black for this, but it's uh, John B. Oh, yeah. One of the guy and his creativity like he blew a lot of doors open in youtube and opened a lot of stuff in the fishing world right i I know that there's a lot of you know like you said you might get a little flack for it and i know that there's a lot of haters with the guggen squad but uh i I do enjoy john b's videos yeah john's videos are so well put together like he really knows what he's doing like it is awesome. And then Brandon Polonek's channel for tournament stuff, like, it, I don't think that can be beat. Him and Scott Martin got that dial. Yes. Yeah, they really do. <laughs> Scott Martin's got a heck of a following. Yeah, Scott is because of Scott. Like, he just, I don't I don't even know if I like Scott Martin. I just like watching the videos. Well, then, and, and that's part of his brand. And like you said, that's, I mean, it's something you might not enjoy the video sometimes, but you know, people don't ever stop and appreciate the fact of everything that went into them and just the whole flow and story of it all. Yeah, exactly. And Brandon Polinick, uh, Kyle who edits for him is really good as well. Yeah. They do, uh, they do very cool stuff together. So those are the channels, you know, I really tune into and watch a lot. Um, like, if they pop up, I generally, generally get in there and watch immediately. Right. Know? Now, uh, are you uh, are you a Bassmaster or an MLF guy? Bass, 100%. Bad no boy. That's what we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, Adam, um, we appreciate you uh, stopping in. But before we let you go, if there would happen to be anyone listening that, uh, you know, is thinking about having a videographer, you know, go along with them in, in something or, or, you know, thinks that they potentially uh, could use you for something. Uh, how could they get a hold of you? Uh, best way to slide into my Insta DMs. In, uh, just Adam Bartusek on, uh, on Instagram? 
Yep, at Adam Burke Dusek. A D A M B A R T U S E K. Perfect. Well, uh, yeah, like I said, we really appreciate uh, you dipping in and then chatting with us on the phone and uh, really interested to see uh, how the next year unfolds for you and, uh, you know, some of the projects that you'll uh, be kicking out. Yeah, that makes two of us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited to see how that goes, too. It'll definitely be interesting. Yep. Yeah, we're well, definitely wishing you the best of luck. Yep. So, All right, well, thank you. You guys, uh, you guys have a good day. I'm going to go hopefully enjoy some of this nice day yeah, absolutely no doubt. talk to you later man yep have a good one there he goes adam bartusik definitely be interesting to see uh you know how bartusik media you know does evolve over the next year i think you know especially with everything going on right now people are starving for you know real content and whatnot now's kind of the time to to tap into that stuff yeah for sure hopefully you know he can get in with somebody and get on the road like he was talking about and travel along hopefully everything starts opening back up so that you know has that opportunity to do it right uh i did see that uh in minnesota now i believe that the bait shops and whatnot can start opening back up and uh the governor up there kind of expanded on uh what you're allowed to do out outdoors and, you yeah. know, kind of start doing that. So, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe there is a little bit of a glimmer of hope. Uh, right. It, you know, anything that we can find, like we said a little bit earlier, positivity and all what's going on out there in a the world full of negativity negativity right now. So, I mean, it, you know, a lot of I think a lot of people worried that they were going to turn out like Michigan. And, right. you know, a lot of stuff was going to start getting opportunities were going to get closed down to a lot of the fishermen out there. But yeah, it was nice to see him come out the other day and start saying that, that, you know, things can start, we can start doing this. You got to still practice the social distancing thing right. and all that. But yeah, it's, it's some positivity in this whole deal. So yep, a little bit of common sense goes a long ways. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I think, I think now more than ever, we're starting to realize that. Right. Matt, if you were to open up a bait shop, what would you call it? I don't know. I've never really thought, you know. I don't know. That's a good question. I'm going to give you 10 seconds to come up with a bait shop. No, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to come up with a bait shop name. Bait shop. 10. 9. We got worms. 8. We got worms. (laughs) We got worms and so much more. (laughs) We got worms, huh? All right. Hey, hey, a little little dumb and dumber. Yeah, no. I I beg your pardon? I got worms. That's what we're (laughs) going to call it. (laughs) No. no. I'm going to have a headless parakeet at the front door. Well, one. One with a with his head duct tape back on. Yep. I took care of it. <laughs> oh, man, did I ever think that we were going to... How about you? Oh, You've I, obviously thought about this. So. I've already had one. Oh, yeah, that's true. I've already had one. Big damn bait. That's right. Big damn bait. No longer the owner. Yeah. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Big damn bait. <laughs> no, I, I actually, I drove up by the bait machine and, you know, Lance Vandeweerd and Luke Stubbe, uh two guys from town here, um... You know, they, they bought my, uh, bait machine that I sold, uh, bait out of at the local convenience store. Now they've, they've since sold it to, uh, uh, somebody else. And I did, I drove by there the other day and they, they've got it pretty well stocked. Good. So good. You know, they did up nightcrawler price. It happens. Four bucks. Four bucks. Four bucks for a dozen. For a dozen. Yep. I don't know what the going rate is. You, at, when, least when the gas, the at least the gas is down. That's right. Dang right. <laughs> Holy moly. Like, 
it, and it's just crazy. Now's when you're not supposed to be traveling, but for Pete's sakes, you could drive across the state of South Dakota for 50 bucks. Right, they're tempting us bigger than life to go out and do stuff by having all this stuff lowered, so. Don't tempt me. Right. Well, I know, I'm, I'm going. I'm up and out of here. <laughs> I am up and out of here. I don't care about no stinking social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh no, it's you know now's the time if you're gonna go out there and try something new. You know a lot of tournaments are getting canceled out there, which you know it sucks for all of us and it sucks for everybody. You know there's a lot of guys that are hardcore tournament fishermen. You know that's all they do is if they're not fishing a tournament, they're pre-fishing for that tournament. So you know at the beginning of the year, your whole you know all the lakes that you want to fish are predetermined for you. Oh, right. I'm going to be fishing at these lakes throughout the year, so those are the ones that you just fish, so you can get good at them, so you can learn them and you know have your best chance come tournament day but i think right now you know it's a great time for a lot of us as fishermen to get back to the reason why we all love fishing and that's just for fishing itself right i mean go out there and have some fun with it if there's a new technique that you've wanted to learn for a long time but you just haven't had time to do it because you're so focused on fishing in tournaments try it out right and you know if you're strictly a bass tournament guy or strictly a walleye tournament guy you know, and now all of a sudden it's like, wow, it's springtime and I can go and catch crappie because right. I don't need to be getting ready for these tournaments. Like, you know, I, I think it's a good opportunity for people, like you said, to, uh, you know, target some different species, but try some different techniques and, uh, you know, yeah, refine your skills. Cause you know, especially if, if, if you are one of these, you know, bass tournament guys, you know, you've got a lot of places that you have to be early in the spring and you don't really ever get to hit that lake over there that I've always wanted to go and hit in the spring. But, you know, hey, now's your opportunity. The other thing that this whole entire deal is doing is uh, opening up the opportunity for a lot of these professional anglers to have like live Q&As and, you know, webinars and and that type of stuff uh, on on Facebook and online and whatever. And I, uh, I did a webinar uh, watched Matt Johnson here last week. Uh, Johnny Candle, previous guest, uh, he had one here the other night. Yep. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys, fish addictions dudes, are doing a lot of Zoom, you know, yep. chats and whatnot. And Rich Lindgren, past guest, he just he a lot of times on Instagram, he's popping on there with somebody else, and they're just kind of shooting the heck, you know, just shooting the crap, just back and forth, talking different tackle stuff, talking different techniques and everything like that. So. Right, people, people. I mean, there's no live content period i mean there's there's no live content and so i think people are just starving for live content and i mean you know it's crazy like the other night they had uh like a video game sprint car race yep and they've got like hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of people logging in to watch other people play video games oh yeah i mean you know, and I got to say, it's freaking cool. I know. We, you know, we, as adults, we kind of make fun of kids because they, what, I don't know if it's Minecraft or whatever, they'll watch it on YouTube and it's just like, how can you watch somebody else play a video game? Right. And now all of a sudden we're finding ourselves yeah. doing it, you know, like, you know, NASCAR had it on that one weekend where they had the live interactive races and, you know, it was actually kind of fun to watch it because they're just regular guys that like do it in their basement. And they're going up against some of these NASCAR stars. So. Right. Don't pull a Kyle Larson. Yeah, just don't do that. I mean, don't, we do, a, don't do a Kyle Larson. I, we, we're not going to get into that because no. it ain't our deal. But, uh, yeah, don't do not do that. You probably lose a little bit of money. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but no, it's, it is cool to see. You know, a lot yeah. of people are putting a lot of things out there. So even if you can't get out there and go fishing, you can still follow it. But you can still go out there and go fishing. That's the one nice thing that 
they're kind of still encouraging you just right just gotta be smart about it and you know like we said practice social distancing and as much as we're always talking about introducing people into fishing and getting new people out there fishing you really can't do it at this time so that's why you know i said kind of focusing on your own skills focusing on becoming a better angler yourself right go back to that race car matt if you were to you were to get into the video race car uh, stuff what number would your race car be my number um I always kind of went with 26 because I was born on the 26. So. Right, that's always kind of been your number? Right. Basketball number? Uh, my basketball number was 31. 31? Hmm. Yeah. All right. I can remember racing figure eights a few times. I had number 66, so. Really? Yeah. You raced figure eights? Yeah, man. I'm a former C-feature champion. Uh, I also finished up high in the A-feature a few times. Tell us some more of these I used, accolades I used that to, I don't even know I about. I used to wheel a figure eight car. Really? I can't work on the things to save my life. That was my brother Mike always have to do that stuff. But, yeah. you know, I could paint one up pretty cool. I could. What I mean, color was your car? My last one, man, I was full out uh, Kenny Wallace style. I was stacker two, baby. Number 66, orange and yellow. I painted it just like his NASCAR. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, that's how Mike came home the one day and he's like, you get all those tires changed out and everything like that i was like nope he's like did you get this stuff done nope what did you do painted the car car. (laughs) you know everybody's always got something funny like on the back bumper do you have anything crazy uh i i think probably can't even say it on air can you no i think it might have been like something at one of my buddies that was also racing them so all right the one time the first the first uh, enduro car I ever got. I never raced enduros, but I got an enduro car. It was after a figure eight race down here one night. And the guy was like, yeah, you can have it. Still ran and everything like that. And so he just parked it outside of the fence for us. And it's like, how are we going to get this back? So me and my buddy came down here the next morning and uh, hooked the chain up to it behind the truck and quick pulled it outside of town. You drove her gravels all the way back to Ellsworth. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and it was a foggy morning and you could hardly see and it's just like you're not thinking so you don't think to bring a pair of glasses along or anything like that because right. you know, I'm, I'm driving a car. Why would I need glasses? Well, yeah, well it no doesn't have a windshield. <laughs> so it was kind of an interesting drive back home. Yeah, you can get away with that down in our neck of the woods. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can you can go a long ways on gravel and not see anybody else. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't you know. Got any, you got any crazy accolades like that? Anything to share? Never jumped in a figure eight car. Never done anything like that. No, I've never. Uh, I've never uh, been a race car driver. I've never really won anything. I was homecoming Man, king my good. senior well, there year. There you go. I was homecoming king my senior See? year. Take take that. See, I, I wasn't even homecoming king, and there was only three guys in my class. So Shut up. There See, was only like, three guys in your whole entire class? Yeah. How many girls? That graduated. Uh, there was like 15. Oh, oh, oh so, man. No, I know. You know, we had our pick of them, but, you know, you're in a small school like that. You're with the same kids your whole life in the same class. So it just kind of. They got, they got to know you and they weren't really interested. Uh, no, and, and vice versa. So, okay. you know, okay. how all that stuff goes. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I think my graduating class, there's 20 people. Five of them were foreign exchange students. So, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Holy moly. <laughs> Ellsworth's smallest public school in the whole entire... That's not consolidated with anybody, I'm pretty right. sure. Huh. 
So yeah, that was you know some of that small town stuff. But you were, I mean, homecoming king, and you had a big class. So look at you. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mr. Popular guy. It must have felt bad for me. It must have been like, all right, guys, hey, everyone, vote for Scott. Dude's kind of a loser. So I uh, think I can remember when you got it, and I was just like, yeah, they gave it to that kid. That damn Sturman kid is. I don't know. He's kind of a pain in the ass. If I'd have known you were thinking that, I'd have flipped you off (laughs) on the stage. You probably did. I should. I I think I did. I think I did. (laughs) In my mind, I did at least. Here we go, off the rails again. Dirtbag teachers. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's episode 69. We'll see you next week on episode 70 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. See you later.